Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of Post Loons, folks. Uh, your host, Jacob Schneider, joined tonight by my friend and colleague, uh, the prophet, Professor Cedar himself, David Naylor. Uh, David, how you doing tonight? I'm absolutely fantastic. Could not be better. My vibes yeah. are good. The, the, the loons can't ruin my vibes tonight, considering as I have brought up to my friends that have been in the YouTube chat with me, I felt way worse about this team two weeks ago. This isn't that bad. <laughs> like you guys went nuts in the chat before I joined here. That was a longer press conference. We had to wait on Hassani Dotson cleaning up in the locker room before he uh, spoke to us. So it was a little delay, but I'm trying to scroll through it all. And uh, a lot of people in here, a lot of people chatting. We've got eight viewers within a minute. That's uh, that's great. Let's get started here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, one hell of a game. Uh, I'm, I'm going to call it MLS after dark because it was an 830 central kick. Um, it was not the mainstream kick, so we're going to call it MLS After Dark because that's how it, that's how it ended up. Um, somehow we saw nine minutes of stoppage time. Somehow we saw VAR take away two major game decisions, not give another. Um, somehow there were 72% to 28% possession, 500-plus passes to not even 200 passes for the Loons. Like it was, This was a shambolic match in terms of an MLS performance i don't think either team deserved to win i feel like a draw is fair um but at the same time if you're minnesota united you have a two goal lead how do you how do you how do you collapse like that it's it's really poor um especially after a two-week break uh a lot of issues david a lot came up tonight um it's disappointing all around adrian heath told me feels like a loss take a road point every time of the week but it feels like a loss and um, there are some individuals who had very poor, very poor performances tonight, uh, especially in the second half per Heath. So we'll find out more about that this week. But David, um, what are your initial thoughts on what we saw out there? And folks, if you are in the chat right now, um, I'm still catching up to all the conversations you're having. So let's use the 11.25 p.m. mark onward right now uh, with new questions for the, for the chat, new questions for the the uh, stream tonight. Okay. So send me what you want to talk about. Tell me what your thoughts are. We'll talk U.S. men's national team a little bit later, but right now we're solely focusing on MLS, Minnesota United, RSL. So send those questions and I'll put them up on the screen. We'll chat. But David, I want to hear your thoughts right now. Uh, Minnesota United two, Real Salt Lake two. So I'm going to, I'm going to start with Chris Appleby who has just reposted this comment, but he posted it about 45 minutes ago now, which I'll pull up here on the screen. Yeah. 22 shots allowed in one half is a firing offense enough to me. Yeah, I'm being dramatic, but that's not new. Shout out to Chris from the program. Um, the the Minnesota performance in the second half was kind of pathetic. Um, and after a first half, which I was completely complimentary of their performance, they weathered the initial storm that happens on the road. They caught two good goals on the break. They got to halftime without making a mistake going in. And then as soon as you see them give up a goal win, well, it was the warning sign was that second goal. It was disallowed two minutes into the second half. The long shot from Pablo Ruiz was they, they gave that opportunity up entirely too easily. I think it was Bongi had a turnover in the box that he just got pressured and get caught the ball for no reason. And that's this warning sign that, like, 
are they really going to actually hold on to this two goal lead for the entirety of the second half? And lo and behold, they give up the, the first Real Salt Lake goal that actually counted in the yeah. 78th minute of this game. And then to bring up another comment from before Jacob arrived this stream from Chris Affleby, 80th minute, Adrian Heath subs on Brent Coleman for Song Bin Jong, as I recall, yep. in the single most classic Adrian Heath coaching move I can possibly remember, where Adrian Heath subs on a third center back in place of an attacker in order to shore up the team. And then Minnesota pretty much immediately goes on to give up a game-tying goal by the end of that game. And yeah, it was a well-taken goal in the 98th minute by Justin Glad, but like... The, the question comes down so, to... We've seen this so many times in seven years. So, why, so why many times. And it's always Brett Coleman. It's not his fault, but, like, it is. <laughs> I, I just... I, I don't understand where nine minutes of stoppage comes from. The VAR intervention on the 48th minute, um, no goal. The, the one that was taken away due to obstruction for RSL was maybe 60 seconds. Garcia's injury in the 53rd, maybe another 60 seconds. Okay, that's two minutes. You're telling me you found seven more minutes of breaks throughout the rest of the 90? Let's use RSL's goal, 45 seconds. Okay, we're nearing three minutes of stoppage. Give me another minute for shenanigans here and there, a little bit of time wasting. I would even be I would even like be okay with five minutes. I think five minutes would have been fair. But nine? Where the hell do we get nine minutes of stoppage from, David? It doesn't make sense. Adrian Heath said it didn't make sense. Hassani Dodson said it didn't make sense. I mean, I look at things from a neutral perspective. When I talk on here, folks, I am not a Loons fan. I'm a media member. I don't I don't look at this from, you know, the fact that I want to see my my team that I'm a fan of get a result. That's, that's not how I look at it. I'm genuinely baffled as an MLS personality on how we got nine minutes of stoppage here. It makes no sense to me. Um, I, I just don't get it. Uh, and I did submit. I'm waiting for a response right now. Um, for everyone in here, I did submit a uh, question to the RSL pool reporter to ask VAR about the no call in the 53rd minute on Mender Garcia. We What we saw appeared to be Oviedo tackling uh, Garcia, and uh, there was a whistle on the field, but it was because of the it was because Garcia stayed down for injury. It wasn't a whistle um, for a foul. But upon replay from the uh, MLS Apple TV crew, what we saw was that uh, Oviedo did not get ball. He got Longwani's ankle, and the uh, commentary crew even pointed it out. And we're kind of like, okay, so are we are we getting a call here? Are we getting VAR? Are we are we circling back? What's going on? And nothing came up. And it's it's one of those instances where if you've got a major VAR intervention twelve minutes into the game, if you've got another major VAR intervention in the forty eighth minute, that's already two times you've come up. You need consistency. You can't be performing like this as a referee crew and not give consistency because it's the one thing we beg for in this league is just consistency. If there's bad refereeing across the board, at least it's consistent. If there's good refereeing across the board, at least it's consistent. But in every single match we watch right now, it's just an up and down performance from crews each week and it makes no sense. You know, and it's not always the on-field crew. That's not who we're talking about here. I actually thought Tori Pensa refereed the match Fairly well today. I, I really had no general complaints. I just don't understand the nine minutes of stoppage. My my question goes to the VAR crew here because what's going on there? It, I mean, you've got a player sliding in from behind an attacker, getting his ankle, and not the ball. So it makes no yeah. sense to me. Uh, I didn't I didn't understand it. Um, 
it's I, it's not even necessarily that we that the call is wanted, right? Like we can mm -hmm. argue back and forth about whether or not it's a call. The entire point of VAR is so that you can look at the replay in case you missed something in real time. Like that's why the system exists. Yes. And yeah, like it can get to be too much, right? If you this would have been the third instance of VAR in this match, fifty minutes into the game. And like, yeah, that feels like a lot of stoppages and a lot of usage of it, but it would have been three separate instances, both of RSL's goals, obviously. And then yeah. this where a replay could have gained you some additional insight that you might have missed. So like, even if they went to check the bar and gave nothing, let alone like if it was a dog so red card, or if it was a yellow card for a trip, or if it was like any any number of these things it could have been or if they review it and just go back to the original call and call it a goal kick and let it be yeah like look at it why not michael, look at it that's what i don't get we got michael jacobson in the chat saying agree should have been a foul but you still have to protect the two goal lead with 12 minutes left in regulation uh michael i believe the point of that was bringing on a uh two central defenders uh you can call bakaya left back whatever two defenders uh and playing what was basically a back seven i mean frustrating they parked the bus it didn't work uh jose Mourinho tactics it didn't work <laughs> i mean the the debossi's like i'm i'm glad debossi played i'm so glad to see him back that is great objectively why is he there like you the one of the things that that drove me nuts about that 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 specifically like the common thing we've seen a bunch and it feels like it never works but they've at least played with three center backs before have tapias boxall Coleman, debossi ever been on the pitch together at the same time in practice uh they sure as hell haven't in a game i mean you've had you've had bakai healthy since about like 90 minutes healthy since about the beginning of june um and they've just been cautious with him because of you know everything that's happened with but him. like are they are they practicing four center back formations no, no you're not and like the, the thing is though with bakai is adrian was contemplating playing him at left back today because he played there in Liga hall before he transferred to minnesota united um i can't recall the team he was with i want to say it was ashe but i'm not sure um but bakai's played left back before he's a left center back in general um so, you know, if he does go into the team, it's going to be competition for Mickey Tapias. And, you know, as solid as Mickey's been, it's good to have competition there because we all know Michael Boxel is staying in his spot. He's the oh, one yeah. you're not going to get rid of. He is, you know, a club captain. He was beat on the first goal, yes, but that rarely happens despite his growing age. Uh, he's got a big presence there. He's a leader. I don't see him being removed, uh, especially when you've got two left-sided center backs competing um, for that spot. Um, ah, uh, Christopher says it was Angers, not Ashe. So wherever Bakai came from, it was in Liga. Um, he played. Uh, he played left back, and you know, well, Amiens. All right, Amiens. It is. We've got all three A teams um, from Liga. I looked primary. it up, but uh, Ashe, Angers, and we're wrong. It's Amiens. Okay, we've got it. We've got it. But um, you know, I think this is a good transition moment for me. Um, Left back's been a worry. It's been a problem all year, David. Um, let's be honest. Kamar Lawrence hasn't been at his best. Um, Devin Paddleford is a very raw um, footballer. Great potential, but very raw. And DJ Taylor is not a left back. 
He's playing there because he's being forced to at the moment, but he's not a left back. Um, this upcoming transfer window, everybody, uh, the Loons are making left back a priority. I asked Adrian Heath about it post game, and what he informed me is that they are one in talks, well, in talks slash pursuing a target. They have one in mind. They're pushing for a deal. Um, it would be a transfer, not a free agent. And they're hoping to get that deal over the line once the window opens uh, in early July. And that comes in accordance with the, you know, transfer of Timo Puki in as a designated player for the club. Um, Timu is, he's been linked, you know, for the past month now. Um, it appears that's going to be happening, uh, you know, and once he gets in, you've got a proper nine, someone for Mender Garcia to learn from too, because we have to remember how young Mender Garcia is. And, you know, despite everything he's, you know, done for the club so far this year, he hasn't really had, a striker, a veteran, somebody experienced to, to learn from. And I think that's going to play a key role in his development here. Um, uh, Christopher, it'll be a competition for starting left back. You asked in the chat, uh, the un- incoming transfer will be competition for the starting left back spot. But I also have to note that Kamar Lawrence is with Jamaica in the Gold Cup, everybody. Jamaica are legit. I've been talking about it for like a week now, but people don't realize Jamaica may have the best squad out of anybody in the entire Gold Cup. The U.S. did not deserve a draw today. We'll talk on this later. But Jamaica are legit. Uh, Lawrence subbed on in the second half, got a yellow card in the 84th minute. Um, But very good team. I would expect them to make the knockouts, uh, probably advance to the quarters, uh, at least to the quarters, and make make a semifinal run. They're good enough. They are. Um, So, you know, but that pushes his absence further. So you might not see Kim Arbach until, like, the LAFC game on the 16th. And if Jamaica make the final, he won't even be back to the League's Cup. So use that for context here. And, you know, do you want to play DJ Taylor out of position continually for the next almost month? No, you don't. Uh, If that means Paddleford gets a nod, maybe it means he does. But it's not ideal. So they are looking for a left back. They are looking for a striker. And they are also pursuing a midfielder. Um, Although there's nothing concrete there, they have an idea of the player, uh, caliber they want the type of player and they're looking for the fit um something to keep an eye on is the open u22 initiative slot that they have um eyes were on the u20 world cup that happened in argentina uh in may uh into june um an area where we all know they were scouting was south korea Um, south korea had a fantastic u20 world cup keep an eye on that other options are uruguay who were your champions and the loons have already scouted a designated player from the U-20 World Cup that played on that Uruguay squad until Masha Cone in 2019. Obviously, that did not work out, but they're familiar with the teams there. Teams are familiar with them. And on top of that, they won the tournament. Those are two countries I'd keep an eye on in terms of scouting um, for that open U-22 initiative slot. I'm sure we'll hear more in the coming weeks, but, uh, you know, there's uh, uh, some transfer news for you all. Uh, Any more questions on those, you know, type them in the chat. Um, but we're going to keep talking MNUFC RSL. But we've got Michael Jacobson back in the chat asking if any uh, hot seat rumors, uh, if the team doesn't make the playoffs. It, it is a low bar to not make the playoffs. And, you know, um, I think MNUFC are fine. I think they're right where they need to be right now. I think I look at it as your best player was on a, let's call it a four-month hiatus. Uh, on top of that, you've had numerous injuries. You've had underperforming designated players. Um, God, I would look at it as 
maybe not Heath being the issue right now. Maybe some of the people that are bringing in those underperforming players. Um, that's my take. You know, I, I don't think you can keep allowing scouts to bring in players who are not MLS caliber. Juan Chope Avila, Luisa Maria, uh, Tomas Chacon. Um, I mean, the list goes on. Fernando Bob. Uh, don't go back to 2718. You can't even remember any of those guys. Maximiano, baby. Maximiano. Ma- Maximiano. I mean, Bashkim Kadri. Uh, list goes on. I guess you're gonna do some blood to remember some guys. John Martel and I did this a few weeks ago. It's a great time. <laughs> yeah, but you, you, you go on that list and it's not good enough, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. How many of them stuck around? Robin Lutt. Oh, yeah, and you got rid of Christian Ramirez, who scored seven MLS goals this year now, by the way, but if we're going to scratch the cold wounds. That was a great trade for them in the moment because it helped them get both Ozzy Alonso uh, and Ike Parr. They would not have been able to get either of those players um, who ended up being core players you know, for two years, uh, including Ike winning you know, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, it was a valid trade. It made sense. It's just the fact that the scouts have – not brought in anybody to replicate the numbers that Christian put up. And that's, what's frustrating. Um, but you know, we'll talk a little more on that later. Um, David, we've got our three things we go over for each show. My first big thing I wanted to talk about was, um, well, I already kind of talked about it was the VAR consistency slash inconsistency. Um, I'm waiting to hear back from my pool reporter question submitted. I might send a follow-up uh, if I don't hear back shortly, but it's just frustrating because I just beg for consistency, man. That's all I want. I want this league viewed as a top league. I want people who are going to be tuning in come July for Leo Messi's arrival to be watching this and not make a mockery of it because far too, like far too often people don't even watch MLS and they're already making mockeries of it. You know, my goal as a content creator is to, to, to see this league continually grow and be a part of it, but we can't do that if there's just this lack of consistency. If there's the, the accountability, consistency, like it just it doesn't make sense to me, man. It's frustrating. To be fair, did you watch the Premier League this year? <laughs> They're not much better at it than we are. They have money at least. <laughs> to, to be completely fair, like in specifically in VAR, no one knows what a penalty was in VAR in the Premier League this year. Not a soul. <laughs> fair enough. Um, but so, <laughs> so I want to ask you then on yeah. that note, what were your takes on – the two goals that were disallowed. Did you agree with the removal of both of those goals? The first one for um, the foul or lack thereof by uh, DJ Taylor, I think. And the second one for obstruction of Clint Irwin's sight, sight line. Um, I'm sorry. I think I'm hearing back on my thing right now. My question submitted right now. But what I'll say is, no penalty in the 12th minute, 100% not. Um, foul committed outside the box. If there was one player drove on and dove into the box to try and get the penalty. Um, the issue, though, of why it was not uh, a foul, why the ball did not go back to RSL, though, is because it was a referee error. It was not a player error on the field. The referee uh, realized that they called a foul in the box, and how, and after review, they cannot put that ball uh outside the box for a foul because they called the foul inside the box and they didn't deem it to be uh, one, a, a red card offense or two, um, 
like a violent conduct or anything of, of, of the sense. So ended up being a drop ball for Clint Irwin. Made sense. I'm okay with it. 48th minute, um, Clint Irwin is a big man, but that don't, but you, you don't judge it by that. You judge it by the fact that the player was offside. If that player is not offside, if he's two feet further up the field aligned with the defenders and still obstructing view, he's fine, I bet. But it, the factor is, is that they, he put himself in an offside position. Therefore, obstruction makes sense. Uh, I'm okay with it. I don't have to agree with it. But from a rule book standpoint, it makes sense. And I yeah. am okay with that because it makes sense. When things don't make sense and I have to question it, I sit there and I'm like, why? But this is in the rule book. The player is in an offside position. It makes sense, you know? Yeah, to bring up uh, Michael Jacobson had a comment on this earlier. Better. I just hate the obstruction call like that. I don't know. It looked like Irwin just played the bounce horribly to me. Still uh, still had a legit shot at saving it. And, like, that can be true and probably is true that Irwin needed to play it better. But by the rule book, as Jacob states, I agree with him. That, like, it was called for the reasons that it was called for. Yeah, no, and I, and I look at, you know – um, one of the things I also want to talk about tonight was um, Emmanuel Reynoso's performance. And I think I think that's a big positive to take away because that was some magic in the first half. That second goal, man, like he, he made that run, run beautifully. Songbin with a lovely, lovely lob. I mean, Balloons don't have anybody like that crash in the back post. And when, he, when he's back now, that's a threat. Um they're not going to give him the assist on the first goal because uh, after he put the ball into the box, you know, uh, McMath deflected it, then it bounced off an RSL player, and then Dotson hit it. But I'm going to give I'm going to give Ray his an assist there because he held up the ball for probably 15 seconds, David. Like, like to, to allow everybody to catch up and get into the box. How many players do you know have that presence where a defender will not even? They'll just jockey them. They won't even stab because they know if they stab, they are they're screwed. If they stab in the box, they give him a run. The RSL defenders, all three of them that were on the edge of the box with him, are jockeying. Not one of them thinks about stabbing at the ball. That just shows the presence and the power that one player can bring. And obviously, Ray fools around a little bit, does some footwork, gets the ball in, is a big, big, big presence. Um, things are looking up for Minnesota. And I also want to point out, guys, that RSL are really good. Uh, and they're only going to get better with Chicho Arango. Um, maybe people don't realize it because of the fact that Mastroini has kind of become an MLS meme uh, due to his playoff performances, the 0-0 uh, shootout against Seattle in the playoffs like, uh, like two years ago, or was it last year? I don't even remember. But RSL are a really good team. And, and they're kind of what they're, you know, they've been dubbed the road warriors of MLS, but their form heading into tonight, they haven't lost a game since May. They won two, three, four, five, six, like counting tonight, that's six straight without a loss. They're in form. So, I mean, a point, in, point. including a win on Wednesday over Western Conference leader St. Louis City FC, by the way. Here's the, no, David, don't even get me started on St. Louis. I think they're the biggest the spot in the West ever by seen. By the way. <laughs> um, oh, wait, wait, wait. I want to talk this. This is mine. This is my guy. 
Uh, Michael, welcome to the show. I don't know if I've seen you around here before. Um, thanks for tuning in. You have mentioned my favorite player on the field tonight, my favorite player to watch at the U20 World Cup. And there are so many fun stories about Diego Luna, but he's a kid. He's got full is he's got he's got like tattoos up his neck, on his shoulders, on his arms, on his chest, on his back. Uh, he's got earrings. Uh, he I mean, he's got the whole look and he lives up to it. He is so saucy on the ball. He is so ridiculously talented. If he doesn't start the rest of the season for RSL and Mastorini and get a big move to Europe uh, in January, there's something wrong because people look at this kid. He is he is everything that is good about the game. He has the look. He has the attitude. He has the skills. I mean, he was phenomenal Wednesday against St. Louis. He was really good tonight. I didn't expect to see Luna play the entire match. I was thinking Mastorini was going to be like, all right, we're down two goals. Uh, who am I taking out? All right, the kid. No, he let the kid play, and that kid made an impact. That right there is the perfect example of a young kid taking his chance and succeeding in Major League Soccer because he's 19, he's a U.S. U-20 international, just had a fantastic U-20 World Cup, now is a starter for his club team, wasn't before he went. He was a bench cameo player. I mean, brilliant. I'm thrilled for him. I love to see it. I love to see it. Um, here's a quick story, though, that I know about Diego. You're going to love this one, David. Um, despite signing an MLS contract and playing uh, seven at 17 years old, um, he still wanted to you know, be a kid, so he worked at Dutch Bros, which is a coffee shop in uh, uh, Utah. So he worked at a coffee shop with fellow high schoolers while being a professional major league soccer player. And I just, I just say like, <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, Michael, I said, he's a USU 20 international. Uh, so uh, uh, Michael in the chat asked if he's a US international, USU 20 international. Um, yeah. Super fun kid, super fun player. I'm all aboard the Diego Luna hype train. Uh, let's let's see more of him in a league's cup. Let's see more of him throughout the rest of the season in Major League Soccer. And let's hope that Minnesota United are able to produce a player that brings joy on the pitch like that soon. Uh, in the, from a homegrown standpoint, you know, it'll it may, might be a year or two, but I would love to see it. And you know, and I think, you know, he is a good example of that kind of player. So, uh, David, who is your biggest performer on the pitch tonight um, for Minnesota United? Can I talk about not Emmanuel Reynoso? Yeah, since like, you just like, did that admirably because I mean he's the answer, but like we we did that. He's great. Did you but, see my tweet on who Adrian Heath picked up? Uh yes, I did. Do you what want to share thoughts that with on Zach Valentin's performance tonight? So um, I have one comment on Reynoso, and then I will share mine. Mm -hmm. um, I think. It would it should be noted in our analysis of the second half of this game that this was Emmanuel Reynoso's first start in yes seven months eight months since the playoffs um and we know or may have forgotten from watching this team last year that while Reynoso at the peak of his powers is something to behold one of the things that has been a problem with this team and with him in the past is that he fades out of games later in games as he gets tired and becomes less of a factor on the pitch. Now, they had two weeks to get ready for this game. That's fine, but he was not starting before this break, remember. 
And so I would suspect that there was at least some fatigue at play in him becoming less of a factor on the ball in the second half than he was in the first half. And even in the first half of this game, he was great and kind of unplayable in a couple times. There were a, a couple other times, though, where it should be noted that he missed passes that you would normally expect him to hit. He had a couple of opportunities on the break after Minnesota was already up to nothing to set up balls for Sangmin Jong or for Bogakuli Hwane or for whoever was running that forward um, to hit a through ball that he way overcooked, which is yes. not something I would expect to see from him and didn't see from him at points this evening. So he's clearly not still actually all the way back yet, and yet... No we're still talking about him the way that we're talking about him. So you know, like, I would expect him to be bear that in mind on that level. Come, come like after the leagues or once the league cup leagues cup starts, let's call it it's in like no. four weeks, three weeks, uh, the 20th. They said it over and over and over in the broadcast tonight. I should know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I, I have a little better agenda against the leagues cup, but that's, you know, in my professional life. So um, I'll talk about that, you know, later on the timeline, maybe this coming week. But the League's Cup is really exciting. I'm stoked for it from a soccer perspective. Um, Loons have a fun string of games coming up. Um, we'll talk more about it soon. But, David, uh, Zarek Valentin, talk to me about Zarek. What would you see from him tonight? Um, just note this. He played a full 90 at center back for Puerto Rico Tuesday. Um, played a full 90 over the weekend for them at center back, too, uh, internationally comes here, plays 90 at right back, and then at right center back for the final 15 minutes in that back five. Um, talk to me. He didn't put a foot wrong. Like, that. it's that It's that easy to say. Like, you don't think about th even thinking through the moments of this game that didn't go well for the Loons. You don't think of – you could probably think of a moment for about every other player on the pitch that – was a frustrating moment for one reason or another. I can certainly go through right top of my head and I can think of pretty much 10 moments right now, but I can't think of a single one for Valentin. He was exceptional and competent, which is about like everything you, everything you could ask for in a defend defender at the yes. MLS level. You know, and I think that's something that people haven't really picked out is that Zarek Valentin has been, was brought in uh, on a free this off season and, um, hot take, but he might be the mo most consistent player at the moment. Uh, him, Hassani Dotson, I'd argue, are the, have been the two most consistent players so far this season. Uh, quick shout out to Will Trapp. I think Will's had an, uh, a major step up this season from the end of 2022. But in terms of consistency, those are the three I'm looking at right now um, that every week I know what I'm going to get for them if they start. Read so, my piece about Hassani Dotson and Will Trap on SodaSoccer.com that was published yesterday. Yeah, guys, um, read David's piece. Uh, I mean, Jacob and I are of the same mind on this. <laughs> that's why we're friends outside. Michael, I do. I wrote about it yesterday. Just how much I enjoy it. <laughs> um, you know what else? You know what else I enjoy, David? What saving, do you enjoy, Jacob? What I brings enjoy you happiness? Money. And right now, I'm going to tell you how you folks can save some money from my friends over at Golasso Kits. Uh, listen, I love footy jerseys. I love finding vintage soccer stuff. 
you know, buying, trading, selling, collecting. It's up my alley. I love it. You know, and uh, one of the cooler pieces I have is I've got a 1996 U.S. Men's National Team uh, Nike bomber jacket. I've got some vintage Brazil stuff from the 90s, uh, vintage MLS stuff. I love it. But you know where you can find a lot of that stuff? is Golasso Kits, and they're an awesome partner of us at Soda Soccer. Let me tell you about them. Uh, they are the newest sponsored Post Loons Post Game Show in Soda Soccer. Uh, Golasso Kits, G-O-L-A-C-E-O, kits.com. Uh, if you use code Loons, it's where you can get uh, unique vintage jerseys. You're hard to find, hard pressed to find anywhere else. Prime example: they have multiple NASL era Minnesota United jerseys in stock. Uh, fellow Soda Soccer uh, employee Dominic uh, Bisonio just bought a Venezuelan national team cap. There, um, selection is vast. The quality of their products is basically new. If you're skeptical, check it out: GolasoKits.com. It's G-O-L-A-C-E-O. ACO, excuse me, kits.com and use code loons, all caps, L O O N S, all caps, uh, at checkout to receive 15% off your order. Jerseys, jackets, apparel, they got mystery kits and mystery boxes. You save 15% on anything and everything when you head to golasakits.com and use our code. A uh, huge thanks to them for being our sponsor and for supporting our work here at Soda Soccer. Um, one thing I do if want to point out if about If you're looking today, for a particular Golasso kit, tonight since we're on the zark valentine topic may i recommend this uh puerto rico fc 2017 player issue autograph thing that's the item from puerto rico on that's this pretty list sweet. <laughs> but on top of that we've had multiple soda soccer listeners head to Golasso kits dm me about it and be thrilled with their purchases um we've had people do mystery kits one of the guys got a uh, uh 2021 italy national team authentic jersey for like the $40 it cost from a mystery kit. Authentic kits are like $150 plus, guys. You know, it's up in the air what you could get, brand new, vintage, whatever. But they do really fun stuff there, so check them out. Uh, again, G-O-L-A-C-E-O-A-C-O-Kits.com. Uh, thank you, Golasso Kits, for sponsoring today's show. Now, David, back to the MLS shenanigans. I mean... Can, can I talk about Sungmin Jung? Yeah, let's talk about Sangbin. I want to talk about Sangbin Jong because. But before we do like, that, before we do that, we have a question we need to answer because it's on the retaining or the the, the topic we were just discussing. So let's do that quick, and then we'll talk Sangbin. Uh, the dots and trap pairing, I do. I think it is the best midfield pairing Minnesota United has at the moment. I think Kervin Ariaka has become far too inconsistent, and I had a spiel about that a few weeks ago. But, um. Kervin might not be the the best player in this system. Might be a really good MLS player. Might be someone who is better in a single pivot. Um, Dotson Trap is the best pair Minnesota United has at the moment. Um, I think uh, I'd love. I would have loved to see them bring back Jogo last fall after he had a great campaign after being brought in in August. Um, another midfielder, I think, would have been fun. I think he showed potential. They opted not to bring him back because we had Asani Dotson returning. But now they are looking to bring in another midfielder this summer, uh, whether it's an eight or a six. I'm not sure, but they have their candidate or like um, the profile of a candidate they have in mind. So we'll wait and see there. But I think right now Hassani Dotson is no doubt a locked-in starter. And I think if you're looking between Will Trapp and Kervin Ariaga, um, right now I'm throwing flowers at Will Trap every single time. David? The ghost of Robin Lewis haunts this question as well, may I just note, because 
Robin load as an option at the eight continues to exist once Robin's he done for the year, man. Injury. Like he's not as, officially done for the year, but we're talking if he does come back, Robin won't be we're talking last game of the regular season, opening round of the playoffs, and at that point you just say rest up, bud. Yep. You don't want to just like it. just just the the specter of Robin Lood. Watching over this question because because he still exists. He's just probably not going to play again for quite a while. Um, what, what could but, have been with Sam Cronin? Let's not do this. What could have been? We got a number of those. Too. <laughs> um, wait, wait, wait. We could talk Singbin now. Before we do that, folks, if you are watching, if you're in the chat right now, um, saw some more questions. Our way, we'd rather hear from you. We'd rather you know you tell us what to talk about than what we have written on a Google Doc. And while you're at it. Take a few seconds, give us a like, give us a retweet, give us a, a shout out on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you're watching. Um, send those questions in through YouTube, send those questions in through Facebook. However, StreamYard is not partnered to send questions in uh, on Twitter. So if you're watching on Twitter, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to send us a question. However, our Twitter handles are listed on the screen here in unique fashion, right under our names. So tweet at us and we'll read your question on air. If that is I have tweet deck up right there. Twitter works that, fine. If, you are, if that's the way you are watching. So, uh, folks, send them in. All right? We appreciate you. Also, um, also go to patreon.com slash soda soccer and give us your money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll talk. I'll talk about that at the end of the show. But, folks. Um, just just give them the pre-plug your, there. <laughs> your support is crucial to the success of this uh, organization we have, to the success of this show, the success of our coverage. Um, for as low as three dollars a month, you can subscribe via Patreon, uh, and by doing so, you allow us to create content. You allow us to attend training sessions. You allow me to go to Allianz Field. Um, you pay for my gas to go there. You know, you pay for the cup of coffee I need on the way there. You the little things like that. You know, obviously, we are not full-time employees uh, at Soda Soccer. We are not completely sustainable, and you know, one day we'd love to be, but we're not at that level yet. But we can be with your support. We can be with um, you know, all the love you guys give us. And like David said, um, give us your money. <laughs> uh, soccer.com or patreon.com slash soda soccer. Little as $3 a month. You can support us now back to the soccer balling. Um, send us your questions in guys, but David saying, Ben, what did you see from him tonight in his first start at left wing when he's never played there for Minnesota United before? And while playing there, recording his first MLS assist. That's true. Which was a peach. Let's just go back to that again. Because, like, as much as I want to continue harping on how bad the second half was, that second goal was just absolutely gorgeous. And I don't want to don't want to forget DJ Taylor's ball to Songbin to set up Songbin's pass. Because DJ Taylor hit the perfect ball to set him up to hit that. But Songbin, I thought... One one of my three things that I wrote down from this piece was, or from this this match was, what can this specific set of attacking midfielders do with more time together? The trio of Songmin Jong and Bongakule Hongwane with Emmanuel Reynoso, because obviously with Reynoso's absence, these three haven't gotten to play together that much. Songbin has been kind of bounced around to play in places depending on various other factors this year. He's been played up top. He's been played at the 10 in Reynosa's absence, and now he's out on the left wing. 
And I thought he had really good moments tonight. I thought that the assist was absolutely phenomenal and was the perfect ball at the perfect place to the perfect time. And he had the second biggest chance of this entire game by XG. His chance in the 32nd minute running clear on goal and unable to finish past Zach McMath with defenders either side of him. It was a tight window, and it would have been a difficult finish to do, but that was a real goal-scoring chance for him. So the I know Jacob had tweeted some numbers in the first half that weren't promising for him in terms of just the comfort level playing on this left wing, Mm -hmm. but I liked a lot of the ideas I saw coming out of his appearance, and I want more of this. Fair enough. Um, valid. Uh, for those that didn't realize, Frank or Fragapane was dealing with a thigh issue. That's why he was not available today. Um, you know, hopefully that he's able to play midweek in the uh, friendly against FC Kaiserslautern. Uh, and uh, it's MNUFC versus FCK. If you haven't seen the billboard on 35W, I highly recommend going out of your way just to see it. Um, a Twitter image, you know, is good enough, but it's pretty funny. Um, you know, that'll be a fun one. Hopefully a lot of the homegrowns get to play. Hopefully, you know, um, I don't know what the rules and regulations are for the MNUFC2 rostered players, if they can run out there. But, you know, ideally you'd like to get uh, the likes of Emmanuel Iwe out there. If Diogo Pacheco is healthy, get him out there. Um, Cam Dunbar, of course, uh, Devin Paddleford. Um, if Mikel Marquez is healthy, I don't believe he is, but if he is, uh, get him out there, um, you know, and see what happens, you know, give the guys minutes against a very competitive side. Uh, if there's one thing we know about those German teams is that they're big, they're strong and they're, they're not going to take it easy. So, um, you know, get minutes, get healthy, come back and get a result to Allianz field next weekend. Um, David, you're going to like this one. We've got a comment from Gage Zastro in the chat. Gage, I'm not sure if I've seen you around here before either, but thank you for watching tonight. Thanks for joining the show. Um, we're putting your question up on the screen now. Am I crazy to think that Sangbin, Emmanuel Reynoso, and Bongi could become one of the best attacking trios in the league? Um, I'm going to say yes because we're going to call it an attacking, an attacking uh, quartet, like they're singing. Uh, and add Timo Pukki to that group, and then I'll agree with you. Um, because that group ain't doing crap without a striker. <laughs> they the need a striker. As it stands. <laughs> so add Timo Pukki to that group, and I'll entertain you. Um, but uh, one, they're not touching, despite their form, they're not touching LAFC's attacking core at their, on their best day. Uh, FC Cincy. Uh, or uh, the forthcoming uh, Inter-Miami attacking group. Uh, so, uh, top five, I'd listen, but that's on paper. Results need to happen more so than on paper. So, uh, we'll see what happens. I think... Bongi needs a goal. Bongi needs some confidence. Bongi man. needs to get his confidence back. His confidence has looked shot for weeks. Need to tell him to call his mom. Do you know that story? No, Every I don't. Time he- if he if uh, he's uh, in the in the games that he scored this year, like three out of the five, uh, his mom has called him before the game and uh, given him like a pep talk. But there's a huge time difference sometimes, so it doesn't work. 
but she's called him and given him pep talks. And on those games, he scores. Uh, I love Bongi. He makes me happy. He makes me smile. He's always uh, always very kind in the locker room. Uh, it's fun when he is fun. It's fun when he's happy, I mean. So uh, hopefully the Loons can get a result this weekend, and we'll see maybe some uh, traditional uh, South African music in the locker room post-game because that's always a blast when when it is. Um, but, folks, we've reached the midnight hour. We are past at 12.07 a.m. Thank you for still watching. Thank you for still tuning in. It is officially MLS After Dark. Um, David, we could talk uh, a little more about Minnesota at RSL, or we can jump into uh, U.S. men's national team stuff or the rest of MLS. What are you feeling right now across, across the league or U.S. Uh, Jamaica? Brandon Vasquez needs to start game two of the Gold Cup. Uh, not just Brandon Vasquez, but Jordi Mihailovic, Brian Reynolds, not Aaron Long, and yeah, I'm good there. Uh, Aaron Long is a good player. Aaron Long is no longer a good U.S. men's national team player. Aaron Long got yanked off at halftime of this game, and it was deserved. Miles Robinson was on the bench. That's like that's like Tottenham benching Harry Kane in favor of Vinicius when he was there. That would, that's what that would be like. Is that a good comparison, David? I would have gone Vincent Janssen if we're okay, going okay. to go down the Tottenham failed backup striker places, yeah. but sure. For, for those that don't know, David's a Tottenham fan, and I actually had a friend message me tonight and say that uh, uh, that Loons match reminded me of watching Tottenham because he's also a Tottenham fan. Uh, <laughs> so maybe that's uh, maybe that's valid. Uh, Christopher, no, he's not. He's been playing regularly in in, uh, in MLS. He also played the Mexico match in the Nations League. He's been League. playing for Atlanta for a minute, I think. Uh, Tres Acero in the Nations League, he started. He did not start the final, though. Um, but he just was benched tonight, and it made no sense because people were sitting there like, ha, it's Jamaica, uh, we'll beat them. But they didn't realize that they have six Premier League players in their starting 11, the best goalkeeper in Major League Soccer, two players from the English championship and a lot of good vibes. Like that's a good team. They are a really, really good team. Uh, my uh, miles injury in the Mexico game was nothing. It was said he was able to play uh, in the final if he needed Christopher. So he, he was good to go. It's simply just a, a coach's decision. Uh, but uh, um. Back to back to the back to this, it's the fact it's the fact that people just didn't put respect on Jamaica's name going into this tournament. And I told David before the game uh, before the game kicked off, and I said, "I've if I was a betting man, I would have put money on Jamaica beating the U.S. men's national team tonight." You owe me a dollar. Uh, <laughs> David did put a dollar down on it, and uh, but the payout would have been like sixteen dollars, right? Yeah, because I bet exact score. You told me two one. It finished one one. You owe me a dollar. Ah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Well, maybe one day, maybe one day soon. Uh, I'll buy you, I'll buy you a beer next time you're in Minnesota. There you go. I'm good. David's based out of Iowa, if you guys don't realize. But, uh, um, you know, Jamaica are a really good team. I don't think there's enough respect on them. Uh, I think this U.S. roster is good enough to win the Gold Cup. I'm just not sure that they put out their best group tonight. And I think that's a flaw. I think Jamaica are going to win the group. I think the U.S. are going to have a harder route to the final. And... Shout out to Kamar Lawrence. Came on, got a yellow card, did his part. 
it, it see no for shouting out loon connections in this game we're shouting out damian lowe former yeah, minnesota former. united player getting the goal for jamaica fair enough yeah damian lowe did score the opener um for jamaica um it was how do i put it it was a really good goal um everton winger demarai gray who ch- changed his used his one-time fifa switch as a dual national to go from England to Jamaica last week, started it. The front three for uh, Jamaica tonight was an Everton starting winger, a starting striker for West Ham, and a starting winger for Austin Villa. Like, that's impressive, man. Jamaica have gotten really good. Put some respect on them. That's all I ask. Uh, exciting to see where the Gold Cup goes. Exciting to see what happens with Dane St. Clair in Canada, uh, Yosef Rosales in Honduras. Uh, I would have loved to see Zarek Valentin and Puerto Rico make the fi- make the Gold Cup. Unfortunately, they crashed out in the final qualifying match on Tuesday. Um, but uh, they lost 2-0 with Martinique. Uh, but, uh, you know, rooting on the Minnesota United players, uh, uh, your respective nation, it's a fun time, um, good matches. And then, you know, up f- upcoming stream of MLS matches, then the Fun Leagues Cup, uh, you got the Women's World Cup starting soon. Uh, shout out to the No Sleep Gang that'll be uh, watching that with me um, because <laughs> New Zealand time zone switches. Be a fun, fun July, fun month of July for soccer. Really busy, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. David, how about you? Yep, that no about covers gang. it. No Sleep Gang. Jo- jokes here about how it's better than watching Tottenham. Am I right? Yeah, I know. Uh, Premier League is only like a month and a half away now. It's crazy. But uh, focusing on MLS here, it was a pretty wild night across the league. As we wrap up the show here, we're at the 50-minute mark. I'm going to do a quick rundown of league scores tonight. Uh, David, when I read these scores at the end, I want you to tell me uh, one match that that, that kind of stuck out to you or maybe a result that sticks out to you. Um, Charlotte and Montreal 0-0. Columbus Crew win a big match against Nashville at SC 2-0. Christian Ramirez scores. Um, DC United 3-0 over FC Cincinnati. That's your league-leading FC Cincinnati without Brandon Vasquez and Matt Miazga. Um, uh, and uh, and uh, Mascara, who is a defender. Um, New England 2-1 over Toronto. New York Red Bulls 4, Atlanta United 0. Uh, the Union 4, Inter-Miami 1. Sporting KC fall 1-0 to Chicago Fire. Austin FC win the Texas Derby 3-0 over the Houston Dynamo. Rapids and Galaxy tie 0-0. Kalumi shocked there. Very, very shocked that neither of those teams scored. <laughs> uh, RSL Minnesota 2-2, of course. Uh, a big one here. LAFC's skid continues. 3-2 loss to Vancouver. Timbers and NYCFC 1-1. St. Louis City SC bounces back with a big 2-1 win over San Jose. And then Seattle's struggles continue as they draw Orlando 0-0. What sticks out to you? St. Louis City, good. <laughs> yeah, I know you. David's from St. Louis, folks. Uh, he's got a little bit of connection there, of course. Um, for me personally, um, DC United were up 3-0 at halftime over Cincy. They coasted that second half. They didn't have to. It might be the most impressive result I've seen in the entire MLS season so far. Um, you know, Three starters out for FC Cincinnati. I get it. DC were dominant. They were fantastic. And I just, uh, 
Wayne Rooney is continually building something there from a team that's struggled a lot in recent years. And it's finally, it's a, it's a fan base that's deserving of a string of results like these. So um, happy to see it. Big win for the Red Bulls uh, over um, Atlanta. Atlanta struggles continue. I'm not sure. I think they're, I think you're looking at a hot seat there. Um, you know, well, here's, here's, here, here's my fun theory as I would love to see Tata turn down into Miami and Messi to go back to Atlanta. Uh, and, uh, and and get them back on track. I think that'd be fun because they've got some good pieces there. I think Caleb Wiley's brilliant. Uh, Giacomacchus, yeah. the new striker, really good. Almada's likely gone this summer. Syria is tempting him. Uh, but uh, if, Vancouver... If I was going to pick another one, Austin yeah, 3-0 Houston is an interesting result. It seems like Austin is starting to figure stuff out after a really, really rough start to the season. Ethan and Finley. that is a problem for teams like Minnesota who aren't getting three points on a regular basis because now there's even more teams that are involved in this playoff race. And Houston, after a really, really hot start to the season, looks like they're they're a really polarized home and away team based yeah. on these records here. Well, it's Austin. Loons hosts Austin on the 8th. So uh, big game there. Big game. Uh, Christopher says Vancouver with a really good result. I agree. I think that's a big win for the Whitecaps. I think at LAFC too. That's a big game. I, I think. Wonder if, I wonder if Torondolo is going to be on the hot seat in July. I really do, uh, because sometimes, despite being towards the top, you know, we'll use. I mean, I mean, I don't like using European examples with American soccer because. There's literal to zero connection, but a lot of the time you will see top managers even finish like first in their league or something, but not win a tournament and get the sack. You know, look at um, Nagelsmann and Bayern this past spring. Um, they were they were in the DFB Pokal. They were in the Champions League knockouts. They were atop the Bundesliga, and he got sacked. Yes, there were other, other things going on there, but top managers will get sacked by top teams if the results aren't to the standards of the owner. And the owner standards are typically we win X, we win Y, we win Z. They lost CCL. Now they want to go win Leagues Cup and they want to win MLS Cup. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with, with Trondolo. Um, that's, you know, a topic to be watching in July, along with the ensuing transfer window opening, in my, in my opinion. Can we go grab one more question before we go? Yeah, go for it. Michael Jacobson had one more for us, and you might be better placed to answer this than I do. Why do we continue to put three goalies in our game day 18? Um, my suspicion is that it's at least partially right now because we don't have that many more people available on a given game day with the people out on international duty and the people out injured. Um, and with the fact that we've already used up Emmanuel Awe's short-term um, signings, so we've used up all four of those. So without having to pull somebody up from a mini FC two, I think we might be hard pressed to completely fill the eighteen. Jacob, how far off base am I on that? You're not very far off, but I also want to add the context that Tony Oluwashei is on loan, Patrick Weah is on loan, uh, Mikhail Marquez is injured, Ryan Jiba is an unknown. Fact, X factor in this situation. I've asked about him a couple times, and each time it's been interest like weird responses where he, he's injured, but 
you know, I'm not going to talk about that right now. Um, so I, I don't know what his status is. I can't really confirm anything right now. Um, you know, maybe I'll bring it up again this week. Um, but uh, you've got two players on loan. You've got one homegrown in Paddleford on the bench. You've got another homegrown in Fred Emmings, who was with MNUFC2. That's also a goalkeeper. Um, so you've got Cam Dunbar. You've got Joseph Rosales on away duty, on international duty, excuse me. Dane St. Clair on international duty. Uh, Marquez, your other defender, injured. Uh, Daniel Henry, who was a first, who, who would have been on the bench, uh, had his contract terminated by mutual agreement. Um, Fragapane injured this week. Um, Robin Lud out for the season. Um, God, I feel like I'm missing one. Uh, Luis Amaria left. So there's open roster spots. They don't have to. They, they just don't have a. They don't have a full team right now with with injuries, with players who have left. They've had two depart in the past month. Um, they've got two out on loan. Multiple injured, all that. Just factor it all in. Have it make make it make sense, um, and use that. Sorry if I'm kind of repeating myself here, guys. It's twelve twenty in the morning. Um, MLS after dark. We're still up fifty eight minutes on the show here. We're gonna wrap it up shortly. But does that kind of answer your question, David? Did I miss anything? I, I think you covered it. It was that that was about what I was thinking, just with the mental yeah. math of what I know of who's out on international duty, out of roster spots, out injured, like. They just they don't quite have what you would expect of a full match day eighteen right That's now. Correct. And if they've got three goalkeepers, like I mean, even even like Dane St. Clair's on a national duty, so they they're really having to pull out all the stops to get three goalkeepers into that squad of eighteen. And speaking of Oluwashei, uh San Antonio did lose three to one tonight to Sacramento Republic, but Oluwashei netted the lone assist on the day. Um I didn't watch the match. I don't know a ton about it. But what I am seeing is that San Antonio got two red cards, including their goalkeeper, and that Carter Manley, former Minnesota United player, was subbed off with an injury seven minutes in. Or was that due to the red card? I got to see this now, David. This looks insane. Seven minutes, Manley leaves the game, and it is – okay, it is due to injury, unfortunately. Uh, my best to Carter, but – Two red cards, including their goalkeeper. Spicy. gets an assist. He's had a fantastic loan spell. I wouldn't be surprised to see a recall um, after the League's Cup. After the League's Cup, that's kind it of one, one shout out on a loan, a given loan recall. I know um, Samuel Adeneron had been loaned out from St. Louis City FC down to the USL Championship and was recalled today. Started and scored both goals in St. Louis City's two-one win over um san jose which is that's nutty. a pretty baller result that's nutty. and while i'm shouting out things that happened in the st louis city match that that relates minnesota united shouts to former loon Azil jackson who got his first mls start in that game um and who drew a penalty in that game that was one of the two goals that seven dead around scored so oh, shouts to okay. as well loons all over loons all over good for them both um David, how about we wrap it up? I'm good with that if you are, my good dude. All right, folks, get your final questions in now while I do my final spiel here. Um, thank you so much for joining. We are at 12.22 a.m. Central Time, and we have 12 live viewers in here with us. Um, thank you for staying up with us, MLS After Dark. It was a 
very interesting evening of soccer for Minnesota United. Um, I mean, I look at it as eighth, 12th minute of the match, VAR takes a penalty away from RSL. Then the Loons open the scoring. Then the Loons double their lead. We go into halftime confident. Out of the gates, 48th minute, RSL score. VAR takes it away. 53rd minute, five minutes later, a lack of VAR intervention. Uh, and I still have not heard back um, from Running theme of the RSL program tonight. about my pool reporter question on the incident. But Mender Garcia was taken down outside the 18-yard box on a, what appeared to be a Dogzo-level foul. Um, no intervention was made by the referee on the field that we know of. I am waiting to hear back on that still. But then as the match goes on, RSL get one back in uh, with about uh, less than 20 minutes to go. And then we see in the 90th minute, nine minutes of stoppage pop-up. Uh, didn't expect it. It was a lot. Loons parked the bus. They brought on brought on Bakai Posse for his 2023 debut. Brent Coleman also came on. At one point, they were rocking seven players in the back to try and hold on to the 2-1 lead. But unfortunately, RSL leveled the match in the 98th minute, eight minutes of nine stoppage time. And we ended a 2-2 draw. Um, very, very crazy ending of the match. Unfortunate for Minnesota. Uh, they have a friendly against FC Kaiserslautern this week to get back into form before they go back to Allianz Field to host the Portland Timbers next weekend. Uh, folks, that's your wrap-up. It was a great night. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, wrap. what do you got, David? First goal of the year for Asani Dotson. First goal of the year for Emmanuel Reynoso. First MLS assist for Sangbin Jong. Great milestones, great things to build off of moving forward. Let's end on the good side. And you think, I don't think you can blame Clint Irwin for either of the goals tonight. He's set to start for a few weeks at least. I would assume Canada make the semifinals at least of the Gold Cup. So you'll see Dane St. Clair gone for a while. A great shout for a veteran goalkeeper who once played in MLS Cup uh, with Toronto. Um, he's experienced. He knows what he's doing. Um, he's going to get a string of matches. And hopefully we see some transfers come over the line as the window opens in June. Reminders, Timu Puki, the rumored DP forward, uh, Finnish international, a left back and a potential midfielder. We've got little less than a little less than a month now until the 2023 Leagues Cup begins. The Loons have a set of uh, a string of home matches in July. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, we'll be here for all of it. Reminder, though, to be here for all of that, we need your support. So to so uh, patreon.com slash soda soccer. You can join for as little as $3 per month. And we, I mean, we flourish because of you. So if you subscribe now, thank you so, so much. If you don't, you're missing out on the fun. There are some benefits and perks. Um, I do giveaways on social media for our Patreon members. Uh, I need to do one that I've been wanting to do for a while. Just been a busy couple of weeks. So maybe that'll be um, July 1st through the 16th when they play LAFC. We'll do a Patreon giveaway before the League's Cup. And then maybe I'll come up with another one for the League's Cup for our subscribers. So thank you so much for David Naylor. I'm Jacob Schneider. And this is Post Loons on SodaSoccer.com.